let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass, and we are ready to head out on our big beery adventure, aren't we, Martin? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, Steve, actually. So it'd be quite interesting to talk about the places we want to go to and also some of the listener listener choices as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into that. And uh, we should probably say as well, this is the second time we're about to record this one as well, <laughs> isn't it? Because yeah. someone, who will remain nameless, <laughs> deleted the first file. Um, I suppose what we should say at this point is that um, that may be a good thing because it was the second recording and we were drinking big beers as well. I think it's probably a good thing. Think, thinking back to that second recording, it would have been quite the feat to edit it. So Might be uh, quite a feat to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think maybe we're going to be a little bit clearer uh, in, in some of our thoughts and discussions today. But before we get onto that, as I said, we've got a beer in the glass. What are we drinking first of all this week? Well, you say that, Steve. We're starting off with a 6.4%. Excellent. Of course we are. So it is a New England IPA. It's called Blue Pool. It's from Licada, who uh, people might remember is the brewery we spoke about when we had the uh, guest Stephen O'Kane, Socrates 9, uh, from Northern Ireland, when we went through the whole licensing issues and stuff. So very kindly sent some beers over recently. And I haven't tucked into this one yet, but it is looking thick, hazy orange. It, it is, and I, I've just had a, a whiff of it as well. And there's some lovely sort of like mango, passion fruit notes coming off of that. I mean, it's a proper fruit cocktail. It's definitely, in, in terms it's, of the yeah, aroma. it's definitely, um, definitely in the tropical arena, isn't it? Yeah. Um, let's dive in. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Um, okay. First up, quite like that. It's 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 a little it's a little sweet on 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 the finish. Um, but all of those flavours are there that, that we spoke about that you were getting on the aroma. It's a very full-bodied as as well, um, and it does finish with. There's a slight bitterness on the finish, but it's Pith- a very pithy. easy, yeah, pithy. yeah. But yeah, it is easy, and it doesn't really linger. Um, it's definitely the fruit flavour, and like you say, that sweetness which lingers. It is. Um, just thinking about this, obviously, you know, normally we record we're recording in the evening. It's a it's more of a lunchtime recording this one, Steve. I'm getting to almost a different feel for this, you know, like almost like I was having some bread. Like this is putting me properly in mind of having breakfast juice. Yeah, it is. It is 100 breakfast juice, isn't it? So, do you reckon there's a time of day when you and I are more favourable towards this style of beer? I, I, I think it's. It's, it's fair to say that I went out last night and I had quite a few um, and I am very pleased to, to be drinking something soft and fruity to start off with this week. Because I think if that had been a big old bitter West Coast IPA, I think I might have struggled. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. So, you know, actually, maybe there is a, a time and place for this kind of offering for us. We, we speak so much about that so often don't we in, in in terms of just just time and place in relation to beers and and, and I think you're right yes it's it's six and a half percent but actually it's 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 working in the middle of the day yeah yeah because I think well the sun has just started to come out here it's quite a foggy morning um this actually feels like almost 
the right kind of beer to kick it all, all off with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while we're drinking our way through this and enjoying this, let's catch up with what our listeners have been saying about the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. From Russ Clark, gentleman of beer. Listen to this whilst labelling our latest release, Bang On As Ever Chaps. And from Little Earth Project, really great show. Listen to it while mashing in what will become a golden sour fermented with cider lees. And for Rich Taylor, brilliant show. Gabe made a fantastic guest with loads of entertaining stories and facts. I'm still on my cider journey, which is limited to Snails Bank cider mostly. But I do try several different and some are very enjoyable. Maybe I need to work on my cider knowledge. Uh, you and me both, Rich. I think I'll still just sit on the periphery of that if it's, if it's <laughs> you'll okay. Just, you'll just watch other people work on their cider knowledge. Yes, and then they can share that with me. There you go. <laughs> From Ronnie Bean, enjoyed the show. Sadly, dark fruit is the only cider option in pubs around here. I will look past my usual Western vintage next time I'm buying supermarket cider. From your boy, Rob Edwards. Very fun listen today, my dudes. I don't drink a lot of cider, but I do enjoy it every now and again, especially if I'm in part of the country that produces it. It was good to hear from Gabe. And then from Dr. Goggles, great show, served as a good palate cleanser to the beer shows, which is pretty much what cider does for me. I, I think we've had some really nice feedback about that that cider episode, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, you know, we, we heard from other people as well. I think there was a few DMs. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, firstly, Gabe was very entertaining. You know, for you and I, we were sitting there together and he was a very entertaining guest. So that was, it was good fun in that respect. Um, and I think he shared his love and information about cider in a very entertaining fashion as well. So it certainly opened my eyes and I was, I was fairly open to cider anyway, but even just those three very different ciders we tried on that show, Steve. Mm. you know and i think probably made a slight a bit of an impression on you on you as well given your your previous history oh, oh for sure yeah it, it certainly opened my eyes in terms of those three ciders that we drank and the differences between them and then the differences between those and say strongbow which, yeah. which is obviously the, the, the cider which i had the really bad experience with so, so yes it's very much it's, it's opened my eyes as to what cider can do and be about has it converted me to being a cider drinker Pro- probably not um but then saying that who knows if i'm at an event or something in the summer and it's a really hot day and i'm looking for some really crisp refreshment if i can find something like that third cider that we had the, the one that i really enjoyed then i'd, I'd happily drink that oh, a bit like the last comment nice palate cleanser yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do just want to echo what you said about Gabe as well. Um, what a great guest. He was thoroughly engaging all, all the way through it. He was really interested in helping us come along in our journey as well. And I, I think that has very much translated across to our listeners as well, who have obviously through those comments that we've just read out, have, have, have shared that as well, that, that they enjoyed listening to an expert. And I'd, I'd quite happily revisit this sometime next year to see how, if we've progressed on our journey at all, and if our listeners are a bit, you know, want to carry on engaging with it as well. Because as I said, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? There may there may become an annual cider show. I'm, I'm going to caveat the word may there. <laughs> but still, listeners, you heard it here. 
Yes, yes, you heard it here first. But thanks, um, everyone that did feedback. If you do want to carry on feeding back on the shows, use the hashtag opinions to get involved. Now, before we get on to our recent beery adventures and also our big beery adventure that we're going to be talking about this week, just a, a little bit of opinions housekeeping. I, I think uh, you and I, after the last SM show that we recorded, um, I, I think both you and I felt as though something wasn't quite clicking with how we were recording the, the shows and how they were feeling to us at the time and then immediately after. And I think obviously what we've been doing for the last few months is we've, we've been taking on board a lot of listener feedback in terms of the show and the format. And we've, we've tried to kind of meld it into a slightly new format. And I'm going to be honest, there are some elements that just simply haven't worked for me. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say for us, because I know we've discussed this. One of those being in particular, um, when we do the guest shows, that we had dropped all of our normal segments out, out of those shows. So we stopped doing Bitter and Inganis, we stopped doing Opinions, and it, it just became a chat with the guests. Well, period, period Adventures as well. Yeah. Um, but following on from that, Steve, I think that almost happened organically, because when we... Guest shows we always had pre-pandemic, but just the logistics of sorting them out in person, just they became, they were like, when can we do it? Can we do it? Uh, right, we'll both get down. I'll be in London. You'll come down to my place. Let's hope the guests can make it to London as well. And everything works nicely. Um, then World of Zoom during the pandemic opened up. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter where they are. We can, we can have a guest on any time now, provided we've all got an hour and a half. And you and I were very conscious of wanting to give the guest a platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about that a lot. Um, and then I think we just chipped away at it where we lost what, when we used to have the news almost, although we would include it sometimes, Beery Adventures, Bittering Lingness, even some of the opinions discussions. And yeah, it's got to the point this year where that it feels like we're running two different shows. Yes. Once yeah. a month, you and I are recording with a, with a guest. Of And just the caveat says, always, always enjoy those conversations. Um, but it feels like a very different show. Then once a month, it's you and I. And it feels like oh, I've got to almost reinvent it again and mm. get into the swing of it. And beery adventures of a month, uh, the, the, all the good quality comments we've had from our listeners over the course of a month, we try to cram into one show as well. And I think you and I were talking about that as well. It was like, it's really hard. It's almost hard to introduce these comments as well. It is when you're trying to cover off probably two or three shows worth in a single show as well, because obviously you're still getting, sometimes we will still get comments from three or four shows ago that we're feed because not everybody always listens straight no, away. Which is fair enough. And, and I think I think that's what happened on that last show where it was just us. It, it just felt like we tried to cram too much into it. So I, I think I think as a result of that, basically, long story short, we're going back to our format, what makes us us, what makes us unique, and that will be part of every show. So we will talk about um, listener feedback when we've got guests on. We may not always do beery adventures when we've got guests on. It, it, it depends on whether we know the guest, I suppose, and, and whether we feel as though we can bring them into the discussions. 
But yeah, it's just it's just going to be more of what and, and our listeners have told us this as well. The, the listeners love the shows where it's just us talking, but they enjoy listening from the guests. Like you know, the example of Gabe that, that we've just we've just had there, but they they don't want that as often. So I think going forward, there are still going to be guests, but they're going to be less frequent. So it might be like the guests are going to be almost every other month rather than every once a month, sort of, so, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I let, you know, again, and we, we always give ourselves a bit of a get out here as, as anyone does. Um, if something really good comes up or really good guest, really good subject or a combination of the two, then either we'll slot that into the regular show run or it becomes a special slash bonus, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially our show will be our show. It just sometimes might have a third wheel. Yeah. And, and remember folks, you asked for more of us, so you're going to get more <laughs> of us. So, and <laughs> fortunately though, for you, Steve deleted the last three hours of us. Cause that may have been too much us. <laughs> that, that was, that was far too much us. <laughs> That was far too much. So, so yeah, so, so some changes going forward um, and hopefully for the, for the better as well. And I think I think from our point of view as well, we were beginning to struggle to, to keep up with making sure we had guests. Um, and I think there are, if, if, if you like listening to people talk to brewers and do, do interviews and that sort of format, there are a lot of beer podcasts out there now that do just that. There are very few that do what we do and that's just have a beer and a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, I you know, a recent shout out for a couple of episodes from Points of Brew. Listen to some of their stuff with um, Verdant. I forgot what the other one was. And yeah, you know, just that one-on-one chatting through what they're doing. Then yeah, there are plenty of examples out there. Probably the closest of just two guys maybe drinking too much and getting caught up in stuff would be, you know, Andrew and Luke. Although they tend to have less Andrew and Luke shows these days. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a bit of a shame because, I, again, as a listener to Andrew and Luke, I quite like the fact that when it's just Andrew and Luke. They're the fun shows. Yeah. Because I think where... that they did the end of year show, start of the year when they do their predictions. Yeah. So that, that, and then, then they've had a bit of a bit of a break because uh, Luke's away. So, yeah, I, I have to admit, I do get it when listeners say that because that's what I like about listening to other podcasts as well. But equally, if you want those long format one-on-one interviews, really dig into what Brewer brewery, brewery is up to. There are plenty of those out there and they're all really good. Yeah. And, and I will just say as well that part, part of this decision-making process, we, we put together a, a, a small DM group of what we consider to be those listeners that in, probably engage with us frequently and they've, they've become a bit of a sounding board for, for, for us in terms of some of the decisions that we're making about the show and just running it past some listeners. So I just want to give a massive shout out to, to, to the people that are on the current listener forum. Um, you'll know who you are uh, so and you'll listen. So thanks very much. But also I do want to give a shout out because we did have a previous listener forum. I think it was two or three years ago and it that, that one just was just kind of left to fade away. I want to thank everyone that was on that one as well. Um, if some of you have transferred over to the new one, brilliant. If some of you haven't, it's it's not because we didn't want you to. It's because we wanted to keep the new one a bit smaller. Also, we, we were also constantly <laughs> having some fresh thoughts and ideas as well. So, yes, exactly what Steve said. Previous listener forum, 
very valuable consider consider your friends and the same with the uh updated listener forum exactly the same consider you good friends and giving us honest feedback and that's what that's what we needed especially after that last us show where me and steve were batting back between each other but the thing is we're in it and so even when steve's listening to it back as doing the edit you're still in it it's sometimes it's better from the outside looking in than the inside looking mm. out and just, that's been really valuable for us. So thank you very much. Long may it continue. And who knows who other unlucky people might be invited to that kind of forum in the future. <laughs> but that being said, anybody can always feedback on the show. You can use the hashtag opinions. We'll find that. You can DM us. The DMs are open. So if you've ever got anything to, to feedback about the show, let us know. Because yeah, definitely. As, as you all know, we are very open to listener feedback. We, we enjoy doing this but we enjoy that you enjoy listening to it. So we need to make sure it's right for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Steve, what's the last bit of housekeeping? Because this is quite exciting. This, this is very exciting. And this is one of these kind of, as, as you would normally put it, it's a bit of a timey-wimey thing. So at, at the time of recording, we haven't done this yet. But at the time that you're listening to this, we would have done this yesterday, exactly. if that makes sense. <laughs> so and what are we doing, Steve? On, on Wednesday, we have been invited up to Adnams. Um, thanks to Fergus for inviting us up because they are doing a very special brew day. And that brew day is uh, a collaboration brew. It's a celebration of their 150th anniversary this year. And it's a collaboration with Sierra Nevada. Get in! And, and we're getting to go along and watch this whole thing happen. So they've got Scott Jennings coming over, who's the uh, head brewer at the Mills River plant yeah. in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. yeah, he's coming over to do the brew uh, at Adnams. Um, it's a very exciting beer that they're producing. We're not allowed to tell you what it's called at the moment, but we can tell you what's going into it. And this is just as exciting anyway. <laughs> so uh, it's got Cascade and Chinook hops, but US and UK variants of both hops are going into this beer. Um, it's got Cara, Palau and Rye malts going into it. And then this is the one that I'm really excited about. <laughs> um it's going to be a hybrid yeast of Adnams and Sierra Nevada. So Sierra Nevada are bringing their yeast over to, over to Southwold to combine it to produce this beer. And I am so excited for when this... The, the beer is going to be released towards the end of April, beginning yeah, of May. Yeah, it's going to be sometime around the Maybank holidays, isn't it, Steve? Yeah. Um, cask, keg, and 440 mil cans. It's a, it's a parallel, comes in around 4.8%. It's very exciting what, what's happening. And, and not only are we just going along to be involved in that, we're hoping to sit down with Scott, and, and talk to him about his uh, brewing journey. We're hoping to talk to Dan, who's the head brewer at Adnams, about his brewing journey. And then we're hoping to talk to the pair of them about this beer and how it came about. Mate, this is... The, 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 I've not got the words for how excited I am about this. I mean, this. come on. It, look, mate, it ticks our boxes. I mean, <laughs> I'm, look, I know that all, not all listeners share our love of Adnams, but... You know, we do love Adams, we love Southall, we love Goshit. And we love Sierra Nevada, we love Sierra Nevada beers. We've done the thing with Ken. We're now getting to talk to someone, in, we're going to get the chance to talk to someone in person who has been with them since early 2000s. Yeah. 
Um, you know, the new head brewer at Adnams, he's been there a while. He's, he's gone through the ranks and he's come up. He's now the head brewer as Ferguson's moved up as well. Um, it's going to be incredibly exciting. See, I'm picturing uh, the bit where, you know, like the New York Stock Exchange, they get people to ring the bell. You and I will press the button <laughs> in the Adams <laughs> Brewing facility shortly after 9am. Um, and I think that's probably it. They're probably not going to let us muck around with hops as much. Uh, no, I think it's been made clear to us that all the way in <laughs> out would have been done previously and there's to be none of those shenanigans that you two got up to at Brew York. Yes, yes. So I think I think pressing a button at the start of the day is probably going to be as much as it. And uh, I assume any sort of technical knowledge that they want from us, Steve. Yeah, that, that's as close as we're going to get to actually brewing <laughs> anything at Adnams is pushing a button. And, and it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, we may, hopefully, uh, we would probably try and get a little bit of content to Fergus as well, because I know that Fergus uh, very much instigated this collaboration during the lockdown, um, because he set up kind of this um, Zoom group of brewers from all over the world to, to share kind of what was going on. And the conversation came up during that one of those meetings about the fact that it's had an 150th anniversary this year and that they're looking to do some very special collabs. So, um, I mean, but, you know, Adnam, Sierra Nevada, wow. Um, so, yeah, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you would have seen our childish little faces grinning <laughs> all over Twitter because we, we know we're going to be allowed to take some photos. We know we've been invited in to, 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 to be part of some of the photos that Adnam's taking of, of the day as, as well. So, yeah, very excited about this one. Definitely. De- definitely can't wait. It's the start of my, my annual leave on the run-up to Easter and not a bad way to start. No, it's, it's really good. And so, yeah, so look out for that content coming in the future. That'll be coming out as a special, obviously. Uh, I know we don't normally announce the specials, but that's going to be a damn special show by, by the time uh, we're finished recording it. And we might as well mention it because you're going to see posts and posts and posts. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, Steve and I in Southwater. I hope the weather's nice. So do I. Because South, Southwater is so, well, beautiful, isn't it? And we're not there. We're not. We're not there during holiday time, so it should be a little bit quiet as well. I'm, I'm hoping for quieter, nice weather, very much t-shirt weather. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, a little bit of sun uh, and a few beers as as well. We're we're not just we're not just there to work. We're hopefully there to enjoy ourselves as well. Yeah, hopefully we can we can get the balance right, Steve. Just like we did at Brew York oh, without. Um... Without the hot shenanigans, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. So yeah, keep an eye out for that, folks. That's obviously something that we haven't done yet, but we know is coming up as as a beery adventure. It's probably time to have a little bit of a chat about what we've we've been getting up to recently. So, Martin, what what have you been up to? Uh, it's been a little bit limited, actually. Um, I mean, the last week or so, I've felt very much off colour, um, and. Apparently, according to the lateral flow test and the PCR test, completely negative. But I've definitely had all of the symptoms of either what people have had for COVID or what you might class as a cold. So being a bit limited recently. But prior to that, I did uh, obviously go out with the family, St. Patrick's Day, our first uh, revisit to the Holloway Road area of London. First time since 2019. And um, I I can sum up uh my my beery check-ins guinness <laughs> is, is that all you drank no yeah. no to be fair um i met up with a friend before uh at liverpool street before i met up with michael because my son joined us this year and i did have an absolutely fantastic pint of titanic plum porter 
at the Wooden Shades opposite Liverpool Street. It was in great condition, great form, and those plummy notes were superb. It's the best I've ever had it. I remember a few years ago having Titanic Porter and it felt a little bit artificial. Don't know if they've done anything different or where I've just caught it on like peak moment at the pub. It was tasting great, really nice. And then, yeah, Guinness. That was it. They, they, uh, it was Guinness. Apart from we went to the Archway Tavern, which used to be a real proper Irish pub back in the day. Then went through a bit of an indie grunge phase and is now a craft bar. And they had some signature Nightliner on. I think it's Nightliner. Oh, is that the, it's like a coffee porter, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, probably about 5.9%. So it's the strongest beer of the day I had. But it's quite a nice break. We'd already done a, um, four or five rounds of Guinness at, at the Mother Red Cap. And we just had a bit of a, basically had a porter break from Stout. So I'm not sure that's necessary the way to do it. But yeah, it was it was nice. The coffee notes and that, maybe just after having three or four pints of Guinness were really pronounced, really pronounced. And then, yes, the rest of the evening was Guinness. There was nothing else that I consumed other than Guinness. What I will say is Holloway Road, other than the Archway Tavern, to pint of Guinness, fairly reasonable price. Um, one of the one one of the pubs is under four pound a pint for a pint of Guinness. That's good. That's yeah. that's really good. Yeah. And yes, they all keep the Guinness good, and it was all in peak condition, especially on St Patrick's Day. And the only other thing to mention is, um, as of day of recording, the Saturday just gone, I decided I needed to be out of the house. Had to go for a bit of wander, get some sunshine, and took did the nine kilometre walk from Hockley into Leon Sea. And went to a little beer shop called Hopsters. Um, they've been opening Chelmsford for a few years now. And Ollie, who used to run the Chelmsford one, has joined us at Bottle Share in person and virtually last year. And so I popped along to see him in their place. It's a lovely little setup. In fact, it's in the perfect spot in Leon C Broadway. It's this little stretch of road where it's all like independent boutique shops. In fact, there's a little wine shop just up the road, which does a little bit of drinking in as well, which caught my caught my eye. Uh, fish and chips, two doors up as well. Got some chips from there afterwards, spot on. Um, he's got a couple of taps and obviously all the selection from the, from the fridge. He's going to get another two taps in and the next couple of months and a lovely little courtyard out the back, which hopefully everyone's been sharing the same nice spring-like weather. And it was just lovely. I think I even caught a little little bit of sun as well. So it was just a nice day out and then went back via Leon Sea Brewery uh, for another three kilometres or so because it got me closer to Essex defunct public transport system. So just FYI, the quickest way yesterday for me, unless I was going to get a taxi or lift from Hockley to Leon Sea was walking, which is bonkers in the same county. Um, Leon Sea Brewery, they had a, a mild. Oh, actually, Steve, forgot to talk about the mild. Had the uh, boxcar dub, double mild and really, really enjoyed it. It was absolutely delicious. I still can't quite place the mild style, I'll be honest. Um, it was a bit, it felt like a bit of a cross between an old ale and a, a double, the one I had yesterday from the can. And then at Leon C, they'd done a bit of a beer swap with the brewery in Nottingham and had a 3.5% cask mild very nice as well still can't quite place the style not sure where it's supposed to sit 
but it was nice and it was um, not too high ABV either. And then finished off with a pint of Utopian on keg. Oh, lovely. We've been talking <laughs> about that recently, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. And I was sitting there looking at their beer list and I thought, well, I've really got, having said recently, I wish I could get Utopian on keg. It'd be remiss of me not to have Utopian on keg. So it was the British unfiltered lager. Yeah. Sit and the at the back of the uh very much an industrial estate at Leon C, but the way the where it's situated, the bit out the back, they get the maximum amount of sunshine in the afternoon and evening possible. So you can imagine, Steve, sunshine, table, pint of utopian. Yeah, there's worse ways to spend a late Saturday afternoon. Isn't there just, I can, I can imagine you were in your element at, yeah. at that point. A couple of things I just want to pick up on, 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 on what you've said there. Firstly, um, the Holloway Road, is, is that a kind of Irish community? Is there a reason why you choose that area? Very because much you, so. You said that obviously they all sell Guinness and they all, they're all reasonably priced, but they all keep it well as well, which is a phrase that we hear a lot uh, around Guinness, isn't it? It's about, you know, the pubs that keep Guinness well. So, so is, is that kind of where the Irish community would go to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, all the pubs, the, the three main pubs that we went into, Mother Red Cat, the Florin and the Crown, are all very much Irish people were in there. I mean, you know, people who are either been over here for a long time, like my own dad, um, but plenty of Irish accents um, around. Uh, well, Holloway Road is also the road. Uh, we, go, we always walk past the church where my parents got married. So, and even if I dared to try and forget that had happened, my mum is sure to point it out to me. But my son got to see the church this year because he'd never seen it either. Sadly, uh, these days, churches are often closed during the day, so we can actually go in and have a look, which is a bit of a, a, bit of a shame. But yeah, very much North London, Kentish Town, Camden Town, Kilburn was very much, and maybe not quite so much now, but definitely was back in the 1670s, an Irish community. So, yeah, those pubs are still there. How busy they are the rest of the time. So, Patrick's Day, they were all nicely busy without being packed. And, yeah, I would say none of them were as busy as they were pre-pandemic either. Uh, but what you will always get in those pubs, especially at St. Patrick's Day, is the Cheltenham races on. Mm. So, there's plenty of um, bookies doing well out of the Irish along that road as well on uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's just good fun. I mean... You know, we ch chat about Guinness being that, uh, if nothing else is on, kind of kind of drink. But A, it's St. Patrick's Day. It works for me. My family love it. We, we, it's easy to drink. And 4.2%, it definitely hits a sessionable oh, absolutely. Yeah. marker as well. And you can definitely it's, not, it's not heavy, is it, like people think? No, it's, it's, it's one of those real, drink. One of those real myths, isn't it? It yeah. just looks heavy because yeah. of the, the theatre of pour in it. Um, but you can really get into a rhythm with drinking it and a pace to drinking it. So, I mean, the only, the only downside is that um, now one or two of the pubs have got the cold Guinness on, and I prefer just the cellar temperature Guinness. Yeah, just the normal um, one. You have to, some places automatically or give you the cellar temperature if you just say Guinness, whereas other places will go for the cold straight away. So I, I, I should just get Guinness unless I've asked for cold. Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes you get this really, really Weatherspoon chilled pint. It's like, oh, but I can't taste anything now. 
and it's just really cold. But yeah, so yeah, definitely that, that's an Irish. The only problem is the Holloway Road is actually a bloody long road. <laughs> and over the years, and because it's a place we only go back to once a year, uh, obviously last three years, say it's slightly, slightly different, but once a year, we went through a phase where we were losing pubs in between, but because we were, you know, they're not making money out of us because we're only going once a year, but it's really noticeable that we've literally got left three key pubs that we go to. Mm. Now. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, there used to be more. noticed that as well. And it's, it's very noticeable. The, the other thing I wanted to mention was you said about mild and you're not sure where it sits. Well, from where you were yesterday, you could have taken a walk down the seafront and placed it firmly in the fucking sea, mate. That's where mild sits. That's where it belongs. Steve, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, okay, so I went, uh, I took a trip into London, which is literally the first time I've done that in over two years. And that was for uh, a special event. I, I know you were supposed to join, but because you were feeling under the weather, you were unable to. And, and that was the elusive tap takeover at the Sutton Arms. And obviously heading there specifically to try the double Oregon trail on cask. And yes, it's every bit as good as you imagined it, it could and would be. No, I've imagined it being shit. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> it was good, mate. It was, it, it was good to see they were only selling in, in halves, which is obviously very, very sensible for an, an, an 8% beer. But we've mentioned how, just how drinkable it was. It is. Um, I say was because we did that on the show that should have been this one that I deleted. The lost episode. And, and we we drank it very, very quickly and we thoroughly enjoyed it and spoke about how easy it is to drink. It's very easy to drink from a can. Um, cask just makes it even easier. Uh, again, much like the original version on, on cask, it just heightens all of the notes. So it's a little bit more of that resinous feel, a little bit more pithy. But bitterness on the end of it is so balanced. So that that was absolutely incredible. And, and it was nice. I say nice. I, I had a little bit of people anxiety going into it because I thought the place was going to be heaving. It wasn't that busy. It was busy. And it was nice to see so many people out, out supporting Andy. It was nice to see Andy and, and Ruth from Elusive. Um, it was also nice to bump into uh, Rob L, who is on handle at Kyanzia Forest. Um, who was just stood next to me at the bar. And he was like, oh, you're Steve, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm Rob with the unpronounceable Twitter handle. <laughs> um, so it did, was, you ask, it, did you ask him to change it? Uh, I don't know. It was quite late on into the uh, evening. It, 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 to be fair, he's probably lucky that I remembered I actually spoke to him. <laughs> um, because prior to going to the Sutton Arms, we actually went to Pivo, which is a place that I've been wanting to get to for, for a while. So when it, you it, say we, who's, who's the we? So I had uh, I had the creative director Clayton with us, oh. and also Rich from the Vic joined us as well. So um, yeah, Pivo just round the corner from the Sutton Arms. So we thought, why not? We had it was a warm day. We had walked from Liverpool Street Station, and the first thing that we all wanted was obviously a nice cold lager. And yes, you get that. Pivo's a lovely little place, though, um, it is, isn't it? Some of like twelve taps. Yeah. Um, and I looked at the board, and I was like. I actually want to drink every single one of those beers, but obviously I couldn't because I wasn't there for that. But yeah, just an incredible range of beers on offer. There was one beer on the menu that was, so the first one we had was a, just like a straight up, that's latter 12, uh, Czech Pilsner, really refreshing, lovely 
crisp bit of bite on the finish. And then we're looking at the board and, and, and there was this beer and it was called Bohemia Regent Green Beer. And I thought, oh, it's it's that time of the year when Budvar normally release their green hops, their, their fresh ah, hops. So beer. it could be one of their fresh hop beers then. So, so I thought, brilliant. A, a lovely fresh hopped beer and and the, the, the barman went you know that's green right and i was like yeah but do you mean green as in fresh hopped or do you mean green and he was like oh, it's green it's it's green liquid so we had this green lager and apparently it's that there's no food colorings or anything added to it but but what it is it's um it's the algae from the water that they've that, that they've included in it and that's what gives it its color um and that made it it, it tasted like a lager it had a certain greenness to it. It tasted green. <laughs> I don't know if you can taste colours, but it tasted green. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't unenjoyable. It was. It was. It was drinkable enough. And and, and then we had a. Uh, we didn't have. It wasn't a dark lager, but it was an amber lager after that. And, and like I say, could have very easily drunk the entire board. But um, obviously, we wanted to get to to the Sutton Arms for the elusive takeover. So what was because um, I. For whatever reason, and it's, I'm not that far away from Saturn Arms because obviously you met up with Clayton because Clay, uh, normally Clayton would have been in the office. Um, and we're 20 minutes walk to Pivo from the office. And Saturn Arms is what, seven or eight minutes from there? Less than that. Three Less than minutes. That. Literally, it's round the corner. So how have I never been? Clayton made exactly the same point, and I do feel as though that's going to be a regular that lunchtime destination for you both now. <laughs> it looks like a lovely pub. I looked at some of the beers they've had on the events in the past. It's like, I still don't understand why I haven't been there. And yeah, it looked nice. I think you were probably, help, you know, you're saying about the uh, amount of people. I saw a few pictures, um, and there's quite, I think there's quite a few people using the outside space as well. Because again, it was a nice day, so yeah, people chose to stand outside yeah. on the street. Which, you know, it worked out well, and I can definitely understand because you haven't been into the smoke. I'm going to venture you've been into London when we did the podcast with Nat. Might have been one of the last times. Other than going through London when we went to Czech Republic, um, that would have probably been my very last trip yeah. in, 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 into London. When you passed through, because that would have been... Yeah, literally into London and, and then Tube, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, the last time we actually came into London, we had drinks in London, would have been when we did the podcast with Nat, I reckon. Yeah, oh yeah, de- definitely. But it was, like, like I say, Sutton Arms, it's an interesting little pub. Um, just the most random range of glassware. So all branded, but from various breweries so um i think i think the first half of double organ trial i had got served to me in a thornbridge glass um and that thing continued throughout the evening but but recently i have seen as well and i, I sent you a picture and, and, and said i'd be quite interested now they had uh guinness so and they had guinness and guinness extra cold on a pump but this week they've also tweeted that they've just installed the anspach and hobday nitro stout as well literally next to guinness I would love to see a spreadsheet in terms of the sales and of, of those against each other as, as to whether your normal punter would even acknowledge the Anspach and Hobday beer was there and would just still go for Guinness. I'm, I, I mean, you said that. I was really curious as to that decision. I mean, you know, Ansbach and Hobday, their dark beers especially, are very good. And I think they've definitely got better over the last couple of years. But to put it right beside your two 
Guinness ones. It's a strange because move. We've, we've spoken about it, uh, I think, towards the end of last year, start this year. There's a lot more Guinness in places I wouldn't expect to have seen it. Like the Pelt Trader has it. Uh, Dean Swift has it. Lots of places now have Guinness because they know that people come in and those people who want a dark beer recognise Guinness. I've seen people leave venues with because groups. Because there's no Guinness, yeah. Because there's no Guinness. So I get having the Guinness. I get it. Are there better stouts? Yes, there are. But if you're talking about being a business, having Guinness is almost like the proverbial no-brainer. So, yeah, I've been same as you, but I'd love to know how that goes. Love to know whether are they actively going to say to someone, when they order a Guinness, would you like to try the ants back on hob day? Are they actively going to say, would you like a little taster of this one? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just a weird one. Or, or are they just going to accept that folks that enjoy craft beer may very now have an option of a stout that isn't Guinness? Yeah, quite possibly. And, um, you know, going back to that whole thing of having a stout porter break, it'd be, be nice to have that option. But yeah, it's still an unusual move. Yeah, and also, very, very unusual. Is that what Guinness want? Probably not. I don't imagine that they'd be thrilled with that. But as far as I know, it's a, it's a free house. Yeah. So they're entitled to do what they want, aren't they, ultimately? That was a really nice night out. It ended up being a good night out. I didn't, I didn't actually stay too late. I think uh, Rich and I had a good few um, of the elusive beers at the Sutton Arms. And then I think we left there at about eight. And I think we, we went back into Pivo for an, an, another <laughs> swift one on the way back to the station. So nice, it was a nice evening. It was nice to be out, nice to see people. And there, there were a lot of people there as well. So um, shout out to Luan Brew, who was there as well, who I managed to wave at across the room. Didn't actually get an opportunity to talk to her, but it was nice to see her there. And I, I believe Jezza was around as well, he, but he was outside. I didn't actually get to see him. Now, the other beer adventure that I've got, uh, I went into uh, Colchester yesterday at the, at the time of recording. I am a little bit delicate today. I think I mentioned that at, at the start, um, probably because I ended up in an 80s nightclub <laughs> last night, which is something I haven't done for about 20 years. Uh, and that was an experience in itself. I was having a good time. I lost an hour last night. I was in there at the time where the hour disappeared. And that was really weird. All I'm going to say is beer wasn't great. I, I went for something that I wanted. I wanted refreshment. They had the cold Heineken tap on, on the bar with the temperature gauge on the front of it. They had cold Heineken glasses in the fridge. I thought that'll do. Because normally Heineken, it, it's the, the best of a bad bunch when it comes yeah, to lagers. It's reliable. It was shite. I couldn't say, I, I took maybe three sips of it and I was like, that, that isn't Heineken That's that I wrong. remember. That's wrong. Heineken is, it's it's not a bad beer. And I honestly believe you should not come away thinking that fault and not being able to finish it. No, but we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on on my experience in the 80s club because nobody's listening to the podcast for that. Rewinding and leading up to that moment, we obviously popped into the Vic had a couple of beers in there, lovely cask beer to start off with. Like you said, it was a lovely day yesterday. We walked to the Vic. Um, I just wanted just cask refreshment when I got there. And there was this uh, super session IPA that, that, that was on. It was like 3.8%. And it went in two gulps. I, I sat out in the courtyard in, in, at the Vic. M and I sat out there and I just, I was like, this is lovely. 
did that. And then, unfortunately, if we'd been there today, the sun would have been higher and there would have been more sun in the courtyard. But it was still British winter time, so the sun was still low and it disappeared very quickly and it got very cold out there. So we went inside, uh, had a kernel beer because uh, obviously Rich has always got kernel on the, these days and then had this wonderful stout as well from Villages Brewery um, which was just like a four percent stout and it was just really really drinkable like lots of lots of chocolate and coffee notes in in there as well and then we walked up into town and went to Three Wise Monkeys which people have heard us talk about before they've just opened up in in the unit next to where the Three Wise Monkeys is, uh, what they've called the Other Monkey Brewing Taproom. Now, Other Monkey Brewery uh, have always produced the beers for the two Three Wise Monkeys venues, because there's one in Ipswich as well, and a few other locations. You're not going to find this beer in very many places. But they've opened up this brewery taproom in, in the middle of Colchester. And I'm really confused as, as to what the offer is, because it's next to Three Wise Monkeys. It's connected by an internal door. Three Wise Monkeys has some sort of a tie to Green King. So they have a lot of you, you macro beers on. They yeah, and they'll have, they'll have the East Coast IPA as yes, well, won't they? Yeah, they did also have a Colonel Dry Stout on yesterday as well, which was quite nice. Uh, but the the other monkey tap room seems to be completely independent and it serves its own beers plus a range of guest beers. And their guest beers include from the likes of Duration, uh, Lost and Grounded. So some quite well-known breweries. But like I said, I just don't get what the offer is because a lot of people will walk into the other monkey tap room, look at the board, walk through into Three Wise Monkeys, buy something from in there, and they'll walk back into the tap room and sit in there because there's somewhere to sit and there might not be somewhere to sit in Three Wise Monkeys. Now, I know ultimately all the money's probably ending up in the same place, but they are running as two very distinct businesses. And I just feel it's a really weird setup. I can't get my head around why you would do that, why, why you would happily encourage your customers to go next door to drink the beer that's in there when you've set up as a brewery taproom to try and sell your beers fresh? Is that the only place? Can you get the other monkey beers in the Three Wise Monkeys main bar? Well, you can do the same. So, so no, you but, can... no, but Ken, so on their, you know, on the second floor where they've got the tap list of about 20 beers, do they sell other monkey from there or do you have to buy it in the taproom to take through? I think the only one they sell is their parallel. And if you want anything else from the tap list in other monkey you'd have to walk down and get it and then walk back upstairs with it well i mean i suppose yeah i mean we've spoken about this and i suppose there's two ways of looking at it yes um it is a bit odd that they sort of co-mingle so are you a exclusively being a tap room plus other guest beers from the east anglia region or are you part of the more more the macro plus a few mm. others offering in the main bar area but i suppose uh, people may come in, so maybe out of curiosity and also the fact that if you are sitting in there, you might think, well, actually, it's a little bit closer. Maybe I will try a beer from here. You know, what I would say, though, Steve, is given that I left Colchester in 2018 and Free Wise Monkeys, I think, had only been open a couple of years then, if I had any inkling that they were going to have, like, their own tap room open there, I would have gone, Really? 
and it is in the town centre. It is, it is right in, well, as I say, it's right in, it's just on the outskirts of what you would consider right in the middle. Yeah, but I mean, come on, we're talking seconds here. Um, but you're not having to walk to an industrial estate to get brewery fresh beer. Oh, no, no. And, and it, is, it is lovely in there. You can see all the FVs. You can see that they've got the tanks. They've got smaller versions of the tanks that they have at the Howling Hops tank bar. So obviously there is there, there seems to be some intention to serve the beer fresh from tank as, as well. So it's, it is a great offer. And, it, and, it, and it's at the end of town for people that may not know Colchester. It's at, the, it's at the end of town where the Queen Street brew house is as well, which is obviously well known for Belgian beers. Uh, as well so you have got you know with with those two the Vic there's there's a handful of other decent yeah. pubs two brews uh this week have, have, have announced that they're moving into a, a new venue which is going to include bar space and drinking so the, the 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 beer scene in Colchester is is getting really good now in in terms of the variety that you have yeah we may have to stop your beery adventures in Colchester Steve Sorry, it, it's just uh, it's, it's it's a consequence of um, <laughs> of, of Emma. Ultimately, <laughs> I'm surprised I've managed to get through the the, the New England IPA. I think to, our to listeners are probably surprised you. either <laughs> as well. After that, Steve, it was uh, it's very thick uh, or full bodied. Should, should we say? Yes, it's, it's not thick as in gloopy. It's a lot of body to it. Uh, there's a lot of juicy flavours to it. There, there, there is a little bit of uh, sugary acidity on the finish that maybe, so. yeah, just a little bit. But that again, it, it might be that the fact that I'm off of a session yesterday, mate, and it, it might just be my palate adjusting to it. Yeah, because I, I mean, and I think I finished mine probably a little bit before you. So mine was still quite chilled. Maybe yours has started to warm up a little bit as well. It did take me a long time to drink it, I, I have to admit. But yeah, the, so the Blue Pool, uh, New England IPA from the Carda, 6.4%. Um, thanks, Stephen, for, for sending that. And the other two beers that we're going to try. So shall we get into the, the, the next one? Yes, you'll be pleased to know, Steve, that the next one is only 5.2%. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to because this is the one that featured in Matt Curtis's book, isn't it? Devil's, yeah. Wa- Devil's Wash Tub. Okay, well, that looks lovely in the glass it's dark coppery dark almost you know what i'm gonna say that's almost the color of guinness yeah and they're not i mean it's just described as a dark ale on the can as well it's not described as a stout is it yeah in, interesting style choice well do you reckon they've done that on purpose so rather than even pretending to say here's our stout when everyone's going to go well, is that like... No, because we've got a stout coming up from them. Yeah, that's true. Do you got... think it's maybe more... Um, beer that you've spoken about quite a lot from your, your trips to Ireland. Is, is it Smithwick's Red? Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting those sort of notes. This is giving me much more of that chocolate malt notes. I mean, there is a, there is a red hue to it. I mean, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to go with, actually? Maybe not Guinness. It, if, if you're looking for a comparison, I'm, I'm going to call Hobgoblin. On, on that cheers cheers uh, it tastes like a stout a uh, little bit of smoke in there for me yeah very subtle it's there, definitely there though yeah um a little bit almost a little bit of stone fruit somewhere yeah a little bit coppery a little bit earthy on the finish i i get what you're saying i think it's so maybe maybe this is more porter than it is stout 
maybe what we need to do is leave a little bit in the glass and not quite finish it and see how it goes with the last one, which is a stout. That's a good idea, actually. I have these on the spot good ideas, for you and far between, but it's been recorded for prosperity. Yeah. Okay, I'm enjoying that. That's yeah. that's that's nice. What was it? Five point five point two. Five point two percent. Very nice. It feels like it sits in almost the right range for that as well. Yeah, and I think we've maybe got it at the right temperature there as well because we took that out at the same time that we took the first beer out of the fridge, the yeah. New England IPA, and to let it come up a little bit. So, and I think that's worked because it's it's kind of I think if that was cold, maybe some of those notes that we picked up you would have just lost those. I don't think you would have got the aroma. Yeah, so no, I, I would feel like this feels like it's more cellar temperature now. Rather yes. than fridge. Yeah. Perfect, actually. I'm, go- I'm going to enjoy drinking this while we go on our big beery adventure worldwide pub crawl. It's been ages since we've done one of these fantasy shows, isn't it? It is. And um, whose fault is it we're doing this one? This is thanks to Paul at UNRCD who said, you have a round-the-world pub crawl. Five cities, one pub or tap room in each city, one beer. What do you choose? So we thought that rather than doing this as individual choices, we'd actually do it as a joint worldwide pub crawl. And because it's our show and we get to choose the rules, we're going to six places. Well, of course. But <laughs> the, the, it will become apparent why there's a sixth. Yes, of, of course. And and we've also put a bit of a theme around this in terms of planes, trains and automobiles, haven't we? <laughs> yes. How we're going to get to these various places. Although, that being said, the first place we're going to go to, we need a completely different mode of transport. One that travels through time that you're very familiar with, mate, and that's the yes. TARDIS. Time in relative dimensions in space. <laughs> so um, the reason that we've, we've got to use the TARDIS to go back in time is because we are starting our Big Beery adventure in Berlin. We are starting at Stone when it was still Stone before it had been vandalised. I can hardly talk about it, given it's what it so was like sad, then. It's so sad, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I, what the Scottish brewery, who shall not be mentioned, have done to that place inside is... It's vandalism. It is vandalism. I mean, uh, when was it you went? You did your day trip with uh, Clayton, didn't you? Yeah, I want to say October 2017. It might have been October 2016. Uh, Well, I went September 2016. Did you only go a month after me? Not sure. Okay. So, but either way, that's when it was definitely stone brewing world bistro and gardens and I, I you know we definitely spoke about it on the show me when I went there you when you went there and we couldn't wax lyrically enough about it we actually mainly because we don't have enough words in our lexicon but it was just such a fabulous space to be drinking beer the, and on a sunny day as well did, did, did you yes. have sun when you went First of all, and it played perfectly into my hands, um, it was peeing it down. So we had to get a taxi there and the rain didn't stop till about four o'clock in the afternoon. And as it was my brother's stag weekend, people kept them drifting. So we never got together as a group till about five o'clock. I'd been there since 12. 
<laughs> so I literally got the whole day <laughs> there. I, I've been there since 12. <laughs> it was like brilliant. Of um, you and then, yes, we got this sort of light, late afternoon, early evening sunshine coming out. So I went, I popped outside and yeah, it just, it is, it's a, I think I said it was a cathedral to beer. Absolutely. I mean, the, the space was magnificent. Um, not the easiest to get to because Clayton and I did it as a day trip and we essentially did it to go and pick up uh, some investor beers that he had got from them. And it, it was in 2017. I just checked because I've still got um, a list on untapped of all the beers I drank from that day because it was such a memorable day. And we literally we were on the first flight out of the UK. We got to Germany um got to berlin and as we were going through customs and i remember this very very clearly as we were going through customs it was the day that um foo fighters tickets were being released for their london shows in 2018 and at this point just got to take a moment rest in peace taylor hawkins what a legend um but i remember um as we went through as we went through customs i was literally buying my tickets for the foo fighters as as well so got them secured and then we were on a bus to um stone we were there just before it opened we managed to get about eight hours straight drinking before we then had to get a cab back to the airport we were never going to try to get a bus back after (laughs) after eight hours and and then i think we were on the last flight out of berlin back to stansted and yeah, it was it was a long day. Uh, lots of beers were consumed, but also um, it was just fantastic just to be in that that place. Huge venue, um, really spacious. Trees inside. That's how big it, 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 it was. Trees inside. They did like stepped areas. Yeah, they had two or three sidebars for like um, event tastings. You could see the very very big silver shiny FVs as well. Um, and yeah, trees inside these little lights beside the tree, so you could like book off little areas, and then this sort of um, almost like a triangle shaped bar with what 50 taps, if I remember correctly. Uh, the one in the middle, yeah, yeah, 50 taps, and then yeah. like you say, a couple of other bars with other taps, and there were slightly different beers on, yeah, every bar as well. So you know, 50 taps, it's like. Well, even being there for, I think I we were there for seven hours, you were there for eight. Unless you're just going to do multiple flights, something that'd actually be quite hard work. You can't get through them all, so you do have to make some choices. And, but again, we were there on a Saturday afternoon, wasn't too busy. The guy behind the bar was willing, was more than happy to chat through the offerings, what they had, what he recommended. Oh, just, it would always, always be. So, you know, when you get on Twitter, off to Berlin, where should we go? Go don't. to, uh, yeah, don't go there. You're going to yeah. be really disappointed now. Yeah, don't don't go now. Um, but where we are back in 2017, we're there. We are loving the place again. What are we drinking, though? I am drinking, why not, um, Stone Ruination Double IPA. And I looked of at course. my tap check-in from 4.37pm on the 17th of September 2016. Brewery Fresh bloody brilliant 4.25 out of 5 um i think i'd sort of built up to it so i'd gone for a few of the pilot series they had and then i think i'd had a few other guest beers before i started going right now i need ipas and then thought rather than just going 
what would you go for normally? You'd, you'd go for one of the other IP, like the go-to. No, Martin decides at 4.37, he was going to go for the double IPA, Stone Ruination. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. But again, it was it was that time and place context. Did you say 4.37? PM, yeah. Yeah, when I had it, it was 5.37. <laughs> so, so I would have been an hour behind you. Uh, sensible of you, Steve. That, that day. Uh, great choice, though. I mean, the, the, the Ruination double IPA, again, just one of those real classic American West Coast big, bold, resinous IPAs, isn't it? Stone would, you know, we'd speak about Sierra Nevada, rightly so, but Stone are definitely up there, aren't they? Oh, they've got to be, as, as yeah. Those, one of those breweries where you started having these beers, which like, and we weren't even getting them brewery fresh, but you were still going, wow, what is, what am I being assaulted by here? What is all these flavors and aromas? So yeah, to actually go to a place where they were brewing those exact same beers in the same way, just in a different venue, but a lot closer, I just blew my mind. But if you waited till 5.37 to have the ruination, Steve, what did you have? What was your, what's your beer of choice? If you went back there now, what's the one beer? It would be the classic Stone IPA. Undoubtedly, that would be the beer that I would want to drink fresh from their, their own taproom. And that would be my second choice. In fact, that probably would actually be the one I'd want to drink more of. Well, slightly more sessionable. Um, I drank it at 2.07 in the afternoon. So clearly it wasn't the first one I went for when <laughs> I was there. Um, the seven I, minutes past is working quite well. Yeah, uh, but six point nine percent. You know, it's it's still a bit bit of a beast of a beer. But yeah, that that it's a no brainer for me. That that would that that typifies what Stone are all about. And actually, it's great to see. I think in this last week, um, through James Clay, yeah, yeah, starting to import Stone beers from the states again. Because I'm I'm guessing there's no longer any sort of contractory arrangements in Berlin. I suspect not, judging by that particular press release. Yeah. Uh, so great to see that coming back into to the UK again. But yeah, what, what a great start to our worldwide beery adventure. Uh, you're on a double IPA. I'm on an IPA that's almost a double IPA and on, on it's ABV. Where are we going to go from here, mate? Well, we're going to go to Czechia. And we, we can go by train. I had a quick look takes a little while so we're either going to have a, a few train beer journeys along this uh particular big beer adventure steve or we're going to use the opportunity to cleanse okay seeing as it's seeing as it's our big beer adventure and again we get to make the rules can we use like dr strange's portals to, to get from places no okay on this occasion <laughs> i'm going to go now because i actually think the train journey would be really lovely I, I imagine it would going through the European countryside. Yeah, so you're going all the way through Berlin. So you're sort of going south through Dresden into Czechia, and then we come to Budovica. So uh, listeners will remember, obviously, Steve and I were lucky enough to be there pre-pandemic uh, for, for, to go and see the Budvar Brewery. But on the Wednesday, well, we had a beery adventure, to, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, of its own, yeah. <laughs> of its own. And, um, but... You know, we did we did this lovely little tour of Budovica, wonderful guide showing us all the history and spoke about one of the places which we went to, which was a place called Restaurant Solnice. Um, and it used to be an old salt mill. And it was on one, two, three levels. Maybe there was a fourth. Or I mezzanine, think there was, was a definitely... fourth level that was like an event space. Yeah. And what they, their view of what they were going to do with it, because it wasn't all quite finished, but it looked wonderful. 
but we were there essentially for lunch. However, we decided we had 90 minutes, X amount of taps, how many sole knee spears can we get for it? And basically they just named them by degrees, don't they? The, yeah. The light beers, 10, 11, 12. I think then there was a specialist lager. However, the beer, which I think we've both gone for, that we would be having if we returned, simply entitled Stout. That's it. That's that's what it's called. Um, it's basically, it felt like an Irish dry stout. I think that's what it's listed as yeah. on, on Untapped, yeah. And really enjoyed it. I've gone, wow, love this, light, well-balanced. When I say well-balanced, my Untapped says wheel-balanced, so fucking autocorrect again. I'm going to have to change that now before, after the recording. <laughs> but captured the essence of an Irish dry stout, some nice dry roasty notes. You can tell that this was early on in the day when I was putting in formative notes. What, what time <laughs> was it? It was. We think it was just before 12, don't we? Well, it's allowing maybe for a time difference. Yeah, so let's assume I'm looking at it as UK time now. So it says 11.34. It's Czechia one or two hours. I think it's only an hour ahead because it's in the yeah, it's same as Germany. So it's an hour and an hour ahead. So it was half 12. But it was half 12 beer number five. Yeah, because as you said, we decided we needed to try all of the beers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had asked for a flight if they did a flight because trying to be sensible... And I think the best that they could come up with that was closest to that was halves of everything. Although they, they were in those big jugs. They felt like, they felt like big halves, judging yeah. by my pictures of each one. So we had um, Solnice 10, Solnice 11, Solnice, uh, I can't pronounce that one, and Solnice 12, and then the Irish Dry Stout, all in the space of about 90 minutes. And it definitely wasn't flight sizes. Well, well done us. Well done. Pat, pat, on our, pat on our collective back there for, for um, managing that. But I think it was just the whole, again, the building of what it used to be. Um, we'd spoken to someone there, uh, the same guide spoke about the building as well to us while we were there. We, I think we had some lovely food as well while we were there. So we, you know, we had a really nice lunch, went really well with the, the stout. And I think because we'd done the whole Budvar thing the day before, it's just a place I would love to go back and spend a bit more time in that bit of bohemia yeah i think i think it was quite tough for us to choose somewhere in in in, in the czech republic because it was we went to a lot of places on that second day and and some of them were fantastic i mean the, the last place that we went to at the end of the day i know fatigue was kicking in by that point but he took us down into uh, a cellar that was under this old building where he had basically had to dismantle the brewing kit to get it down there and then rebuild it and then you went down another flight of stairs that took you further underground. And, and there was like the original well as, as well. Yeah. It, to, to choose a single venue. But I think we both settled on this one fairly quickly because, like you said, I think because of the history of the building, the experience that we had in there. But also that, that dry stout at that time of the day was absolutely perfect. Time and place again, mate. That stout yeah. was, it just landed so right. I, I think, again, because we'd had uh, four basically lager based beers beforehand and then we we started eating the stout plus the lunch just worked really well and yes you know that place where you just referenced about going downstairs i would have loved if we'd had time to spend time there upstairs afterwards yeah unfortunately time just ran out didn't it because we had to be in prague town center yeah um and yeah i mean you know there's two or three there's two or three places we could easily have done for prague but i think 
Sunday's just feels a little bit more different and Czech Budovica, Bohemia, the setting, you know, the snow earlier in the morning, whatever you might do. I think it's, again, it's just that time and place, mate. Just, just all perfect. We've yeah. stepped it down a bit then from, from starting off on the IPAs. We're down a nice, nice, easy stout to almost cleanse the palate a little bit. Probably got, got a bad a idea. A, bit of a journey coming up across Europe now, haven't we? Yeah. Do you want to know how long this one takes? Go on then, because I, I love that you've actually done the research on, on the train times <laughs> for this as well. Because I'd love to do these sort of European Is European this factoring in the delays that you're going to cause to the trains by being on them? Oh, yeah. You know when you thought we could do this in a week? Yeah. Factoring in my ability to stop trains. Because even on Tuesday, my line was screwed because they thought I was going to travel. <laughs> um Depending what time you leave, because I'm sort of you're roughly looking at a, between a 14 hour and a 17 hour journey by multiple trains. Hang on, 14 to yeah. 17 hours. Yeah, multiple trains. You've probably got about five changes. Um, so, so Nice to Prague, and then Prague through to Germany, Germany, Belgium, and then where are we going to go, Steve? We're, we're going to Bruges, but I'm thinking if I'm going to be on on a train for that long, we there are definitely going to need to be train bits. Oh, yeah, there'll definitely be trade beers. And then, you know, maybe, I mean, because there is a new European sleeper coming out. So we could have a few train beers, crash out on the train and wake up refreshed in Bruges. Who, who, my, my place doesn't open till four o'clock. Okay, my place, uh, I'm not sure what time it opens, but we discover, discovered it about two o'clock on, on our first visit to Bruges. Uh, we walked down this little alley between two shops and there was this very nondescript flight of stairs going up into a door. Above the door was the Gar, which is a, a lovely little bar uh, in the back streets of Bruges. And I did that typical British thing, walked straight to the bar, and the bartender, who was stood behind the bar, some, somewhat comically cleaning glasses, just looked at me and went, table. <laughs> so, so I duly went and sat at the table. M, M, M came and sat down. We sat there and we were like, okay. And he, he came over and he was like, house beer? I was like, yeah, yeah, two of those. Two of the house beers, lovely shape. Uh, you get a little bowl of cheese with cocktail sticks as well. Lovely little touch. And we thoroughly enjoyed that house beer. And then I checked it in on Untapped and found out it was 11%. And um, what time did you say? About two o'clock in the afternoon. That started us off very well. So it might, might, might have been around about 2.07, Steve. Pro probably, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a seven in there so, somewhere. But but yeah, uh, for, for me, uh, when I go to Bruges in the future, I'm, I'm always going to go to Degas because I, I think it's a fantastic little bar in any way. But the, the fact that they've got their own house beer, it's, it's a triple, it's full on Belgian-y, uh, but it's absolutely delicious. But it's very dangerous as, as well. Oh, God, yeah. 11%. And I, I think they have a rule, don't they, that you can only have you can only have three of, of the house beers in, in any one visit just because of, of that ABV. Well, yeah, you've got to get back down the stairs again. Well, health and yeah, safety it's, it's not a huge flight of stairs but they're not exactly straight are they no <laughs> they, they, they are very very old cobbly steps so so yeah we're we've 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 gone to Degas. We've, we've had our house beer it's four o'clock now so where are we going mate so we're going to Tibrug Bertie uh, which I know that's not how you say it. it's a Jezza I do apologize um Michelle and I went there on New Year's Day January 
2017. We'd gone away for New Year's Eve and it had been a bitterly cold day. But all of my focus was literally on one thing, getting to this place when it opens at four o'clock. And went inside and it had that sort of, you probably might think twice about it now, but this sort of steamy warmth about it. And it was like, oh, you can start slowly taking off the layers, hat, gloves, coat, scarf, before you even think about the sweater. And, you know, four o'clock, so I'm a couple of hours after you, Steve. Um, I decided that I needed a big, dark beer. So I do. went for, for the Preus Quadracino. Um, it's around about 10%, and it's uh, like a variation of one of their dark beers, but basically, so the Quadracino, it's basically got stacks of coffee thrown in there as well. Oh, lovely. Flavors. Lovely stuff. Lovely. I think I may have brought a bottle back for you or got you a bottle at some point. We shared a bottle. I think we shared a bottle on a show. Yeah. And it is absolutely delicious. So you've got that sweetness of the quad and it's just that sort of coffee bit because of the bitterness of the coffee sort of mellows it out as well. A bit like that place in, uh, well, in a venue in a city we'll mention shortly, old sort of old school ham and cheese toasties. So just under the grill. Nice. Nice bit of crunch, just warming from the inside out. It is a lovely little place, you know, and it is just a lovely little place. Again, you need to almost have an idea what beer you want first to then look at this massive beer list that they've got. They've only got a few taps, but then they've got a massive bottle list. It's just a lovely little place to be in. And it is definitely a bit of a legend, I would say, with Degas of Bruges. I, th- I think that's the same as most places in Bruges, isn't it? Is that they'll, that they'll have a couple of taps, maybe a house beer of salts, but then everything else is about the, the, the bottle menu and taking your time perusing that menu and, and, and seeing what they've got. Because I know on, on our visit to Bruges, we went back to Degar, I think it was on our last evening there, and by going through the, um, the, the, the bottle menu, we were able to find that they had Bonvo. So we, we shared a bottle of that on, on, on our last evening there as well. So And it is quite nice looking through those beer menus, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's, it's, it's an experience in itself. But you need to have the beer in hand, in glass, to really be able to go through the list. Otherwise, you don't want to be doing it dry. No, no. That's that, which is why you go for the house beer. Exactly. Exactly. Now, where are we going to go to next? Where are we going to go from Bruges? I mean, we need to have a bit of a contrast here, don't we? We, we do. And we're about, we're, well, we're halfway through our, our big beer adventure at this point. So uh, we're going to jump back on the train. We're, we're going to go into Brussels. Dependent on train times, we may jump off and grab a quick one while we're in Brussels. Who knows? Let's 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 assume yes. Okay. Uh, then Eurostar back into into St Pancras, which is quite handily placed. For Very Houston. handily placed. Yes, yes, because we need to then jump on a train up north, and we are heading to Manchester. Now, and why are we going to Manchester, mate? Two reasons. One. One of our favourite pubs in the world is there, Steve. And also, according to our listeners, definitely one of the favourite venues, uh, judging by the question we asked on the opinions poll about people's favourite place. I think did Manchester got about 13 votes. Ma- Manchester was the most popular place that, that people... On its own. Yes. It was, it was yeah. top of the list. Yeah, but we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later on. Yeah, in, in, but it was the definitely, show. definitely the favourite place. But it contains the Marble Arch of which 
we've waxed lyrical about it in the past. Plenty of our listeners have, plenty of other people unconnected with the show have talked about the Marble Arch, sloping floor, tiled walls, corner, not backstreet pub, but that kind of feel to it. But they have cask fresh marble beers. And it's really actually quite hard to pick a favourite from those because whatever they've got on cask, personally, I think you're going to love. If you like cask beer, you're going to like, like whatever they've got. Obviously, through a sparkler as well. So my co-host is, you know, already salivating at the thought of having his beer. I have just, I've gone straight for the Manchester Bitter. Classic, absolute classic. For that reason. And I, I haven't tried it yet because the other problem with there is I want to try all of their beers pretty convinced you could just stay in the Manchester bitter all afternoon. Mate, how, how many times have we said about the Crimbo Pro in Manchester that we could have just happily stayed in the Marble Arch all day long well, and let we, everybody else go off? We were the last two people to leave, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> that to drag us out kicking and screaming almost. You got you do the rest of it. We'll see we'll see you at beam off. We'll see yeah, you at beam off at yeah. eight o'clock. Um Manchester Bitter. It's just it is a classic English bitter. Marble just churn out all their beers so well, but especially their what you'd class as their traditional styles. But it's just so drinkable, so easy, 4.2%. And apparently, on I can drink it quite early in the day, judging by my check ins as well. I believe also styled on the original Boddington's as, as well, the Manchester Bitter. Yeah, which just can you imagine, can you imagine doing a side-by-side side of those two? Yeah. The actual utter disappointment if you were a lover of Boddington's back in the day to what it is now. Um, oh, and that's it. When I was listening to Point to Brew, they were talking about uh, Mike's beer tours in Leeds and they were talking about Tetley's. And I remember, I can remember having Tetley's in the 80s as one of my first cask beer epiphanies thinking, well, oh, actually, this ain't too bad. And before it became only the smooth version so can you imagine now if you were putting Boddington smooth, extra cold, smooth, whatever variation beside a pint of marble Manchester bitter? I mean, apart from the fact that they use a few of the same ingredients, that's where it stops. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got totally different beers otherwise. I'm I'm not joining you on the Manchester bitter because there's only one beer I'm going for if I'm in the marble art, and that's pint. That's what I want to start off with. That's the beer that I want in my glass. That is getting poured through a sparkler as well so that it's got that lovely tight head and provides that beautiful bitterness and lacing all the way down the glass. And I believe that's the beer that I started the Crimbo Crawl with as, as well. Um, I, I just checked my check-in and I actually checked it in the following day. So, it, so it's telling me that I, I drank it at 10.26 in the morning. I know we wasn't in there that early. <laughs> So I reckon it was probably about five past 11 on, on the day of the Crimbo. Yeah, because they but... opened earlier for us, didn't they? Yes, yeah. That so I that means, so you and I haven't been to the Marble Arch since December 2019. I've not been back, no. Everything changed after that, didn't it? Yeah, I know. Later. I know, two, two months later, or three months later, bang. Um, but it's, it's also just the venue, isn't it? Oh, that, that venue is beautiful. Uh, you mentioned the sloping floor. 
that's that's one of the most iconic things about it you know that if you're lucky enough to be one of very few people in there you can get that beautiful picture of your pint with with the head sloped <laughs> on on one of the tables but not just the floor the the entire interior of, of that building the bar the walls the ceiling everything about it is 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 just perfect and if if i well, I've had to choose. We or we've had to choose one venue in Manchester, and I think we both went to that one very quickly. Yeah, because it, and that's amongst the whole range. I've mentioned Cafe Beermoth. You know, we did actually spend longer on the Crimbo Crawl and Cafe Beermoth at the end of the day than we did at Marble at the start of the day. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful finish to the day. Was in being in Cafe Beermoth, and actually, as bookends of a, a day, such a contrast of venues and choices of drinks and stuff, but equally show what a vibrant, beery city it is and why you can understand why so many people voted for Manchester as being their top top destination. Completely get it. But I would have stayed in the Marble Arch if I could have. Me too. <laughs> and, and again, I think we're going to be dragged out of here kicking and screaming, but we do need to get on with the, the, the big beery adventure because we've got a flight now. To, to, yeah. to catch. So we've got to get to Manchester Airport. But that's quite handy. So again, Manchester, well-placed. We're getting the, the, the plane. We're not going too far, are we, Steve? No, we're just hopping across the water, hopping across the Irish Sea. We're landing in Dublin, heading to Dublin city centre. You could choose any one of many, many venues. We Because we're going to drink Guinness in, in, in Dublin, aren't we? Because apparently it tastes better there. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain there's some bylaw that says you have to. You have to. So I think that there's possibly three places that we've narrowed this down to as to where we're going to get the best possible pint of Guinness without having a local guide, i.e. Wayne or Janice, to help us find the the, the best place. I think our first obvious choice was to go to the storehouse. Yep. Basically rush to the top of the tower as quick as we can and, and get a pint overlooking the city. I think our second choice was potentially to, to get a pint in the Open Gate Brewery. And, and then I think third place, and I think you you alluded to it earlier, can't remember the name of the place, but it was the, the, the place that Padre took, took us to for the ham and cheese toasty and a pint of Guinness. Apparently the best ham and cheese toasty in Dublin. Still can't remember it, but it had this really old Guinness tap font. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't one of the big new ones which takes up half the bar space. It was one of those little blocky square ones wasn't it yes yeah and there was uh four almost of us, a light box isn't it yes yeah, yeah. there's four of us uh yans from that uh from the brewery in Ho- in holland as well and just sitting there drinking guinness having a toasted cheese and ham sandwich it was just like absolutely perfect but the storehouse probably wins for me for a couple of reasons one if you do get up to the top and you can I would recommend anyone, if they want to do the Guinness tour, is almost go straight to the top and work your way down. Because if you can get there when it first opens, you might have a chance of getting a view and your Guinness all at the same time. First time we were there was Six Nations, Ireland against France. And it, yeah, and it's full of, full of rugby fans. Well, it's predominantly full of French rugby yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, because... could, barely, could barely move. Yeah. Um, but if you also... And then maybe go back to the bottom, then you can do your whole story because the whole thing is you go from different levels to do the whole story of Guinness and the, the project, the production and stuff. Um, or if you were lucky enough to be there when, I don't know if they still do it, 
go and get a pint of Guinness with your face on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did that that first year, didn't we? Yeah, I've got the picture in front of me. Um, and I mean, it was almost a crime to drink it. But I still can't, I'm looking at it now, I still can't believe that picture on the Guinness looked spot on from that picture they'd taken in that like photo thing five minutes earlier. Amazing bit of like free, a uh, combination of 3D printing and having the, the way the malt came out on the top. Um, that would be my one, just because that was a, a, don't get me wrong, bit of an ego thing, but a real little buzz for having having that. But just, I almost think anywhere in Dublin, have have go to Dublin and I would and almost sort Guinness. of say yeah, drink Guinness, but almost avoid when I say avoid temple, avoid temple on a Friday or Saturday night when it's really busy, and especially after maybe a sporting event. But go, there's so many places you can go, and let's 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 say it is going to be the Guinness. You will ninety nine point nine percent recurring get a very very good pint of Guinness. Absolutely. And again, some of it is time and place, but we're going to Dublin. We're going to drink Guinness. And as I've mentioned them already, we are drinking Guinness with our very good friends, Wayne and Janice as well. We are. On, we on are. So occasion. what that means is we'll be drinking a lot of Guinness. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but we do have to, we have to temper it a little bit because we've got to get another flight after this. Well, we have we? to be allowed on the flight, Steve, after drinking all that Guinness. There is, there is. So maybe we're going to drink a lot of Guinness, and maybe we're going to overnight in Dublin. I, I reckon overnight, big, on bre- a... big breakfast. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Where where does the last leg of our big, big beery adventure take us, mate? This is definitely the plane bit. All right, so it's a little bit of a journey. It was only an hour, Manchester to Dublin. Yeah. Now we're going eleven hours. Are we having plain beers? I suppose it depends what flights we're on. I mean, I only know what BA offer, which is Heineken and, dare I say it... No. We know what the other one is. You don't need to say it. Yeah. So maybe I'll have a glass of wine. Very sophisticated. Yes. That'll surprise people. We're going to San Francisco. So we've gone over to the West Coast. And this is where the fancy element... comes in steve so a little bit of a fancy element by using the tardis at the start of this big beery adventure but we have been to berlin and we have been to stone as it was we've been we to everywhere going... haven't we on the list apart yeah. from this one apart from this one which is the i fair to say is it probably top of our list of places to go to i, I think so yeah and it's it's also the only leg of the journey where we're going to have to hire a car to to get there as well because yes. i don't um, think you can do it by public transport no well you could probably find some convoluted way of getting somewhere close by, but let's let's go with the car. We hide any, the car. Any particular choice of car? Because I know what I'd choose. Go on then. What would you choose? Are you, are you going for like some sort of big engine V eight? I'm, I'm going for like the classic Mustang. Right. Maybe, maybe a convertible top down. I can just see myself riding up the American highway. Right. Uh, our, our, our gas bill has gone right up. <laughs> Even by American standards, which is fairly low cost, I imagine it's still been a bit of an increase. But okay, I'll go with that. We're, we've hit it at the right time of year. Um, I think they say for San Francisco, avoid like peak summer because it's just really hot. And maybe this time of year would be quite nice. Yeah. Springtime. And we're taking a bit of a drive. We're going to go through a bit of a mountain range, uh, the Sierra Nevadas. We're going to Chico. And guess what? Shock. I know. <laughs> Sierra Nevada tap room. Uh, we haven't booked a hotel because we're just going to sleep in the tap room. 
because we can go, well, Ken said it was all right. Yeah, he, he said we can do this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our, our fantasy, the place we'd definitely love to go to, um, and I think we may have touched upon this before we probably did the fan- proper fantasy one. What a destination, Steve. Yeah, and, and, a, and a great place to finish as, as, as well. I mean, you know, we've only seen pictures of the Sierra Nevada taproom. We were lucky enough to talk to Ken about it as, as well, and we'll be lucky enough to talk to Scott about it as, as well in this coming week. But, yeah, I, I would love to just, just go there, probably try and drink my body weight in Sierra Nevada, Nevada Palau. But, obviously, I, I need torpedo as, as well. And... Um... It's probably not any of their beers I don't want to drink. Um, I want I want their stout. I want their porter. I want the atomic torpedo, which, which again, had had I not deleted the file, people could have heard us drinking that and really enjoying it and uh, really Kel- enjoying the, it. The Keller Vice as well. Yeah. How many days are we staying in Chico? Probably a couple, I would have thought. I reckon we need at least two nights staying in Chico because we do need to drive back to San Francisco to get the plane. So we will need a bit of, drying out time to... We will, and I know, I know it's not on the list, and I know it's stretching the whole Big Beery adventure a little bit, but on that drive back to San Francisco, we've got to go via Russian River, haven't we? I knew you were going to say that. For, so for, for a Pliny from the tap room. But then we're going to have to stay there as well, because oh, well. we can't drink an 8% Pliny and drive. We've blown the budget at this point, mate. So. <laughs> we've, we've blown the credit limits on the, yeah. on the plastic as well. Yeah. But what what an adventure! I mean, that that literally does take us from one side of the world to to, to the other. We, we we very much go back in the past. <laughs> we we start off at Berlin, a little bit round Europe, come home, Dublin, and 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 then finish a, a venue that we both hope at some point in our lives we'll get to. Yeah, it's definitely on the it's definitely on the wish list. Uh, yeah. Just San, San Francisco, the West Coast. I've, I've I have been to the West Coast. I was eighteen. Yeah, wasn't into beer. And even if I had been, pretty much impossible to get hold of it when you're 18. Would love, love to do that again, get back to the West Coast. Well, I, I will just say at this point, because I, I know he listens, Russ, uh, I'm vicariously living through you at the moment to the point where I've had to mute, mute, mute you for a few <laughs> days um, because you are literally living the dream out on the West Coast. But I do hope you're having a good time out, out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's our Big Beery adventure. We would love to hear your the, the listeners' views on, on where they'd go. I know we're going to come on to, because we did ask a, a question yeah. around this, we are going to come on to some of the suggestions they made. I am keen to get some final thoughts on the Devil's Wash Tub before we move on to the final beer. I have found as it started to warm, I'm getting uh, more chocolatey, malty notes. That smokiness that we spoke about initially has subsided a little. I'm still leaning more porter on this than I am dark owl or, or, or stout. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, actually. But again, do you still think, going back to my original question about 20 minutes or so ago, um, or three continents, um, two continents, do you reckon this is still a deliberate choice? Because... To call it a dark owl? Well, yeah. Rather than trying to have a stout and a porter in their range I would agree with you everything you just said I think it definitely falls more into that porter category but regardless of where it sits star wise it's absolutely delicious 
isn't it? And and I have, as as suggested, I've saved a little bit of my glass because I, I kind of want to do it side by side with the last beer. That, that okay, well done because do. I forgot, listeners. Um, <laughs> Invo was my idea. I got so carried away with our beer adventure, I completely forgot to do that. So, right, mate, just just hope I don't delete this episode again because then we are in trouble. <laughs> The final beer that we're drinking this week, uh, again from Lacada, and again, uh, thanks to Stephen O'Kane for sending these over to us. This is called Utopian. It is How big is this beer? A stout, and it's 8%. 8%? I had no idea this was 8%. Did you not? No. Did you not look at these things before the shows, mate? No, I think I'd also been taken away by the fact that I was a bit, I'd confused myself. Um, this happens easily sometimes outside of work. Um because it said utopian, I was thinking, why am I drinking a utopian stout when we're doing the car? Well, I was got very confused by that. And in, <laughs> in, in fact, in fact, when I bought these beers over to Ems to put them in, in, in the fridge, she was like, well, I've not seen that utopian beer before. I'm like, <laughs> it's not a utopian beer, it's it it's by Lacarda, it's called Utopian. It's a bit yeah, it's it is a strange one. But I've got to say, the can on this one is absolutely beautiful. Purple uh, and black. I think all of them have, because the dark ale has got um you said about hints of red in the beer. It's got this lovely sort of background. I think it would look love on a canvas. Oh, yeah. Would look lovely on a canvas. The blue pool, again, it's got a bit of a, a coastline and the sea coming up towards it. The actual, the artwork is wonderful and they really use the real estate on the can. I, I, think, I think the imagery on the Devil's Wash Tub is actually the Devil's Wash Tub, which is a, a landmark in, yeah. in, in Ireland. So, but yeah, I mean, stunning cans, very simple, but because they're so simple, they are very, very stunning in their artwork. But they've also managed, and I think we've spoken about this before over the last couple of years. So although the artwork is different per beer, the name of the beer, the style of the beer and the Lakata branding are all the same. It's all there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've got to say... Their uh, information is very, very clear on, on the side of the can as well. So you get a little description on the beer, you get the ingredients. It's very, very clear in terms of what the ABV is. But then they've also got the canned on and best before date on, on the side of the can. Which, so you're not having to look at the bottom. Do you know what? Because I think I actually mentioned this to you when we had one or two of the other ones, which we are not featuring. Brilliant. Yeah. Why, why, why is it on that rounded bit at the bottom of a can? When you when often that gets smudged or washed away, I'm really looking forward to this one. Let's right. let's get into it. Cheers. Cheers. That is velvet, chocolatey, a little bit of licorice on on there. There's a little bit of licorice well. on the nose as well, actually. Yeah, really smooth finish. No, no roasted notes to that. No. There's some very, very subtle in the background, but it's not a big roasted bitterness. It's a smooth, velvety finish. I mean, you'd be mistaken for maybe thinking that's been in some sort of barrel. And I was going to say that because on the nose, there is almost a sort of barrel wood kind of aroma. And that's the first thing that I got from it. Then that sort of licorice, even like, even uh, sort of coffee notes are very muted as well. Um, fantastic I, beer. It's I mean, I don't know whether we're stunner. yeah, I don't know whether we're drinking it almost like the perfect moment or, or what, but that is absolutely delicious. 
Yeah. Now, as, as I said about the Devil's Wash Tub, we got that out to let it come to room temperature. We actually got all three beer, uh, of these beers out of the fridge at the same time. So we had the New England IPA cold. Devil's Wash Tub had come up a little bit more. The stout has come up even further to room temperature. I think that's the perfect temperature for this stout. Yeah, actually, do you know what? It's worked out quite well. The Nipa was good. And I think you maybe suffered because you struggled a little bit with your first beer. I think the cellar temperature for the Devil's Wash Tub, and now we're getting closer to room temperature for this one, but there's still a little bit of a chill on it. Yeah. And actually, a bit like its namesake brewery, drinks really well. It does. It's, it's really, really easy. Is, is, isn't it? I'm gonna I'm gonna probably drink this far too quickly, so we should probably get on to this week's <laughs> question. Opinions, 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 opinions. And that was asking, do you have a favourite beer city, and where in the world is it? So we had 474 votes on this. 80.2% of people saying yes. 19.8% of people saying no. Just a couple of comments on this one, um, because obviously we had a lot of comments on it, on it, particularly around places. But there were three comments in particular that I wanted to put out. Firstly, from John at which which John. This question is very specific. It's your favourite, not which you think is the best. And there's a big difference. So my favourite is Portsmouth including South Sea and Gosport, an abundance of great breweries and pubs and huge variety by the seaside, and just over an hour from my house. And then from Mike Maguire, he voted no, as it's hard to pick a favourite. So many good cities and towns with their own brewing history, popular styles and dispense methods. Just glad it's not 2000 and we have quality choice in most places. And then from Stephen O'Kane at Socrates 9, Thank you again, Stephen, for sending these beers over for us to enjoy on this show. I think it's impossible to choose one and plenty I've yet to get to as well. Some places I need to revisit since I dived further into beer about a decade ago or so. Been lucky enough to live in a few great cities and visit many more and I really couldn't choose. And, and that was quite a bit of theme. A lot of people saying I just can't yeah. choose one place. Well, that's because, and again, referencing what John said, we did say favourite. We wanted to do favourites because favourite is very different to best. I would say that favourite is different because best, you can sort of almost be a bit more objective. I'm not saying you can be entirely objective, but you can be more objective. Whereas favourite is definitely subjective. Oh, oh without, without a doubt, yeah. And I think, obviously, we've just done our big beer adventure all around the world. And, and those are some of the places that we'd like to go. Some of those may be favourites. I mean, Br Bruises, I've, I've only been there once, but it's an absolute favourite destination. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be going back in September with, with M for a few days. And obviously, I'm really looking forward to that. But is it is it best? I mean, if you think about it's a beautiful city. I think it's probably still one of the smallest cities in Europe. It's one of the most tourist focused cities uh for that sort of size of destination but you are very much going to a place which is belgian centric beers yeah whereas i remember um uh, a comment i read was about well, i can go to london i can get all my styles and they're right you know you can pretty much tick off all of the places you want to go to to tick off all of the styles you want to have you go to bruges it's much more a Belgian-focused style trip. So, yeah, best favourite. What Actually, Steve, 
Could you differentiate between the two? Yes, I think I can, actually, because I think I've got favourite places and 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 then best is a very difficult one, though, because it's you, you have to start asking things like, well, what's the criteria and, and how are you scoring yeah. that So let's, let's just let's go high level, first of all. OK. I go, Steve, favourite beer place? Favourite beer place? Yep. Probably Leeds. That's probably a surprise to no one, given your love and history with the place. Um my favourite would, would be London because, again, I grew up there, I worked there. I love being in and around London. But best, yes, that's a different criteria because I think we meant, we, we spoke off air about this where a few of the places which have been named, name-checked, ooh, you can walk. London, you can't tick off all your places just by walking. No, you, you've, you've got to really plan in your travel around London, yeah. haven't you? That's not a walkable in a day. You have to plan your transport, be bang on with your timing. You go to Leeds, you can do a lot of places and not use any transport apart from legs and feet. So, yeah, your best is your best is a different criteria set. That that's the same as many of the places that that, that were suggested as, as as well. So, in in terms of what we had as a top three, obviously we've already mentioned that the number one place that, that that came up time and time again was Manchester in in second place it was Sheffield and then in third place it was it was joint between York and Munich now I, I can't speak from Munich but I can certainly speak for the other three there Manchester Sheffield and York and yes you can visit each of those and you can have a great beery day out in a single day walking and and taking most of the best venues yeah, and I'm surprised if you look at that criteria, then I don't necessarily see that with Munich. Um, is, is, is it not? It's quite, a, it's quite a sprawling city. I think it's a beautiful city. It's a lovely place to go for, for drinks and a weekend. But compared to Manchester, Sheffield and York, I mean, especially Sheffield and York. Well, I think it, particularly in terms of Sheffield, you've got additions now that weren't there when we did the Crimbo Call, yeah. the likes of the Rutland Mars Arms. of the Desert. The, yeah, Rutland Arms, which <laughs> apparently is a place right in the centre of Sheffield, but who knew? Um, but yeah, so you've got St Mars of the Desert that uh, a little bit on the outskirts yeah. of town in terms of where their tap room is. And, and people have said it's, it's difficult to navigate. But yeah, I think, you know, we had over 50 places mentioned in, in terms of... I'm just, I'm just this, looking at the list now. I mean, question. Uh, Denver. So I'm going to say that was Rob. Um, three votes from Portland, two for Vancouver, four for Newcastle, seven for London, two for Liverpool. But we had places, we had Peterborough, Norwich, not so people have a wide range of favorite places. <laughs> the one that makes me laugh is St. Albans. You've got all of these, all of these places, and then you've got St. Believe, St. Albans on this list. I can't believe Roger Potts has voted for the Camera <laughs> HQ City. I mean, come on, Roger, could have fought somewhere else. I've I've really enjoyed this one, mate. I, I, I think we had a as 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 we always do with these fantasy shows. We had a great time putting together our big beery adventure, and I think we've said as well that you could very much call that the big beery adventure part one, because we feel as though we could apply some other criteria to this and have similar fun with it, don't we? Definitely. So I think Definitely. one of the suggestions that came up was. Um, only doing seaside towns. Now, I, I, I think we might do that in the summer because I think we could have a great time going around the UK seaside towns. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So we're talking UK... Are we talking UK mainland? 
I, th- I think you've got to, yeah. Okay. You've, got, you've got to stay on the mainland UK. So we're talking UK mainland sea, seaside towns. Yeah, I think we can have some fun with that. Yeah. So expect this one to come back up again. But thank you to everybody that got involved in the poll and making suggestions. There'll be a link in the show notes to that that you can click through. You can have a look at all of the responses. If you want to continue to get involved in this, just keep using that hashtag opinions and we'll find you. Let's get some final thoughts on the Utopian Stout. Well, I'm only a little way through it, but I'm absolutely loving it. It is a wonderful, wonderful beer. We've definitely done this in the right order as well. Oh, this has sure. worked out really yeah. well order-wise. And it is very different. So even though we were talking about the last beer, about where does it sit style-wise, super easy to drink, ticks lots of boxes, but also just goes to show, you know, as we spoke about it with, with Stephen on the show, there is plenty. there are people in Northern Ireland who have, who want to do stuff differently, get their beers out there, and if for no other reason you have a little look at the um the card range, have a look at the artwork. It is superb. It is, it is stunning, isn't it? And these are these are lovely beers from from, from Lacarda as, as well. I know in the past we said we did get to try some of their early beers at, yeah. uh, at one of the all tech festivals that we were at uh, in, in a bit of a tasting that happened. But these are incredible. And yes. there, there is there was another one that was in the pack as well, which was a I think it was like a West Coast Pow that we we just enjoyed well as, as part of the prep lost episode <laughs> for the lost episode because because we, we were recording two shows back to back on a single night and we decided we needed prep beers as well obviously obviously um, but yeah and, and that that was delicious as well but these are incredible I mean this this stout is fantastic and eight percent stout and it's just a stout it's not called a double stout it's not called an imperial stout it's just, just a stout. stout yes no adjuncts no lactose most importantly no lactose in, no. in, in that either just a really really tasty style and and and, and i i love that I've, I've really enjoyed that and I've, I've just gone back to my little bit that i did save of, of the devil's wash tub and that there is there are very stark differences between them so devil's wash tub is it's a lot lighter it, it does have that kind of smoked element but there is also a roasted bitterness to it very much feels like a porter. And then you come onto this stout and it's just smooth. It's velvety. It's like it's, it's literally like liquid chocolate. This is and and I'm I, I just I love this. Yes, yeah, it's very, very easy. I'll I'll enjoy finishing this after we've finished the recording. Yeah, yeah, me too. Just want to say once again, thank you so much to Stephen O'Kane at Socrates9 for sending us these beers. And also, Stephen, thank you so much for the lovely letter that, that, that you put Not- in. A handwritten well. letter. A, hand, a handwritten letter um, explaining the journey of these beers and, and also talking about his time on the show and how much he enjoyed it and, and how much he, he enjoys the show as well. So thanks for that, Stephen. Um, thanks for the beers. And hopefully we'll have you on again at some point in the future. What's coming up on the next show, mate? Well, we've got another TV personality, Steve. Someone who wants to have a break from TV to be on, a, to be on our podcast. We have Jager Wise from Wildcard Brewery next up. And that's that's great because we've, we've had Jager on before, haven't we? Um, I think it was October 2019 she was on. Part of our Seba trilogy. Yes, yeah. I'm not so sure she's as involved in Seba as she used to be, but as you say, she's very much she's become a bit of a TV personality probably with the Beer Masters series. I mean, she does yeah. the BBC Food Programme on the radio. She does, she's on the Beer Masters and uh, so there's lots of stuff she gets involved in i'm sure she was on some sort of science program recently as well 
Yes, she was. Something to do with her engineering background, yeah. wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah, I think there's going to be so many things we can cover off. Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with Jay Gatso. And oh, as always, folks, if you've got any questions that you'd like us to ask Jager, um, just use the hashtag opinions. And once again, we'll find them. And I think that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's show. So thanks to our listeners for joining us once again. And we'll look forward to sharing more opinions with you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cause this one is a